friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. It's so good to have you with me today. In today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Andy Butler. Andy Butler is a mate of mine. He comes to our church. He's an absolute star. He works in sports reporting. He's a sports journalist. Uh, he does quite a bit with Leighton Orient. He's, he's a great guy. He's fun. He's normal. Um, I often tell the story that the first time I met Andy, uh, I'd slept in his sister's bed. Uh, actually, uh, his dad's a bishop, and we had uh, a staff retreat, and we were using their bishop's house. And uh, I was uh, using his sister's bed to sleep in that night, and I, and I came downstairs and met Andy, and he says, oh, I believe you're sleeping in my sister's bed. It was a little bit creepy, a little bit creepy. Anyway, you get on very well. We get on very well. Uh, Andy is a phenomenal sports reporter. I want to talk to him today about what it's like being a sports reporter, working in the media and having a Christian faith. And what does that look like? How do you live that out? So we're going to jump in and do that in a second. I just want to remind you, Apprentice to Jesus is out for Lent. Do get yourself a copy. Uh, There's information in the show notes, but we want to try and help uh, people engage with Jesus being the blueprint for our discipleship. Uh, We don't want to be more religious. We want to be more like Jesus. And if you've not signed up yet to join us on the Apprentice to Jesus webinar, uh, for funda- uh, four Monday evenings during Lent, starting the 22nd of December, it's totally free, uh, then I'd love you to sign up. Again, there's there's a sign-up link in the show notes. All we're going to do is have some input, a little bit like the podcast, just live, uh, time for Q&A with me, direct Q&A, and then we're going to have some breakout rooms where we talk about how we're doing with our discipleship. So it's going to be really good fun, particularly in Lent, uh, looking at how do we grow and flourish as disciples of Jesus. If we're not investing into our faith, then what is really going to happen to it? It will not flourish. So join me as we invest into our faith uh, for Lent. So you can book that place through Eventbrite uh, and you'll see that in the show notes. Now, today's episode, here we go. Chat with Andy Butler, sports journalist about faith, about what it looks like in the workplace And then we're also going to talk about the spiritual runner's wall. So here we go, Andy Butler. Andy Butler, welcome to Making Disciples. I am so pleased that you're with me today. Uh, Andy, you are a reporter, sports reporter. You love sports. You get to write about sports and speak about sports. Thank you so much for being on Making Disciples. It's really good to have you with me today. Thank you, Vicar. And I'm allowed to call you Vicar. I, I, I like calling Vicars Vicars rather than their names because, as you know, I come from a clergy family. So it's, um, it's nice to not, you know, not have to call them by their first name. I have such reverence for reverends. I would have no reverence. Reverence for reverence that... Um, yeah, I like giving them their proper title. I do well, the same with doctors. To, to explain that then, because you know, people were like, well, what's that about? Andy, your dad is the Bishop of Durham. Yeah, yeah. Which We can is, move on from that now. Which is not an insignificant <laughs> role. The lovely thing is about you, Andy, is, is you, you are not like your dad. Like, you are like your dad, but you're not like your dad. You, no. you are very much, you are not in the shadow of your dad at all. No. And I think, it, it, you know, I absolutely adore your dad, but I actually adore speaking to you more. That's really um, nice to I think, know. I think there's, he's there's he's older though. He's got more stories. Actually, I don't know if he, he would. But going back to your point about what 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 I call you, people have said to me in the past, "Oh, when I meet your dad, what what do I call him?" 
um, do I call him Bishop? Do I call him Paul? Do I call him Your Grace, which he's had in the past? And I say, oh, I, I usually go for Dad, but you can go for whatever you want. <laughs> but um, yeah. Well, I, I did that's today. Nice to <laughs> that's nice to know that you prefer talking to me than my dad. Oh, I do. I want to talk to you about sport. And, that's my favourite uh, subject. The well, exactly. I'm so often. I've we've said this before. So often. Church leaders make Sunday the main event. It's all about Sunday, all about Sunday. Get more bums on seats, more bums on seats. We're not interested in the Sunday. We want to see people living out their faith in real world. And the impact they make Monday to Saturday is actually what faith is about. Mm. You know, you read the Gospels. The Gospels are all about what they got up to uh, outside of the synagogue. It's very little mentioned about being inside the synagogue. But yet so much of church life is inside the building. So you have a really interesting job, set of jobs. You do interesting stuff in sport, uh, reporting, uh, and uh, you, you've got an interesting little job at the moment with Leighton Orient. For you, what, like, how does faith kind of just fit in with, and it's not fitting in, but like faith and work together, how does that work in the media world? Is it easy yeah. to be a Christian in, in that world? I mean, it's as easy as you want it to be, I suppose, which it sounds like a bit of a cop-out answer straight from the off, but I, I don't want it to be. But fit, fitting in is, like you say, is, is probably like the, the wrong way of looking at it because then you're suddenly making concessions to one side of your life and, and the other. I've always been kind of like so keen. In fact, you know, going back to what my dad does is, is, is useful because I've always been so keen to virtually do the opposite of what it is and that's not just like a psychological of oh, you know rebellion against your what your parents do and sort of stuff like that but my dad is you know a clergyman and i kind of always thought oh, i don't ever want to do that no offense to you chris i don't ever want to do that but also what's the opposite of that then it, which isn't massively going off the rails and you know the church is the church and he's you know he's a clergyman and so i thought oh, do you know what i love sport I really, you know, I've been into kind of like media and, the, and journalism for, for a number of years. And I just thought, I fancy a, I fancy a go at that. Sports mm. journalism, that sounds great. It looks, you know, it looks fantastic. So I, 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 I did it, basically. I, I went off and trained to be a journalist and got some amazing breaks over the course of my life um, in terms of, of what I've been able to do. But then where does faith fit in with that? It's you you suddenly are faced with so not not any more than anyone else does in their life in terms of um conflicts that you might have but for example people will look at say football for example at the very nature of it is massively competitive sport is competitive i wrote my dissertation on this when i was a student can you be a christian and a competitive sports person because the very nature of it is kind of trying to better yourself rather than trying to or better other people sorry rather than kind of like staying humble whereas in in the media it's also very very similar it's super competitive it's quite combative um the world of sport is is still unfortunately kind of like quite male dominated so you mm. have lots and lots of like you know laddishness for want of a better phrase and so you're daily faced with these kind of conflicts where you have to basically make a judgment, right, am I going to go this way or, or, or the other? And fortunately, over the course of my life, sticking to your principles, I've found is probably the most um, 
is is the, is the best thing that you can do no matter how hard it might be in the moment because then suddenly people look at you in a in a slightly different way or respect you for being principled you know you can say yes to everything and you can say yes to this and that and and kind of go off you know you know go in the way that the world wants you to be but you know if you stick to you know your 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 principles i think it's i think it's probably over course of over the course of time it's the best thing that you can do um how does that manifest itself in like in a day-to-day way is um a good is a good question because i'll give you an example right virtually if you're involved in football you'll probably be involved in journalism you'll probably be involved in the promotion of something like gambling now the church can have its opinions on it and different christians can have different opinions on it is it right is it wrong i i I kind of i don't myself and you're faced with this thing i was faced with something like that most days oh i'm gonna go have to go into a meeting where i'm talking about the promotion of gambling through my job how do you do that without compromising your own beliefs and how do you do that without but but how do you also do that without you know basically saying no i don't want to do this job which is really tough and it's really really tricky um so yeah i don't know how much that answers your question well, the, the bible i said bible. a lot i said a lot i don't know if there's a I, I, in the famous words of one of my friends i've said a lot there's an answer in there somewhere just find it <laughs> the answer is being salt and light isn't it it's, yeah. it's the consistent just being different being a bit different choosing a different way over a long period of time um it's you know a little bit of salt over a long period of time is where you start to to be distinct and different i remember when you first started working for a particular media agency that was well known for their newspapers with page threes yeah. And there was a particular individual. There's only one. There's only one. There's a particular you, I, individual. You, you, so, you so deftly were tiptoeing around <laughs> who I worked for and then mentioned the one thing that would definitely identify it there. But anyway. Well, this is, there was this one individual at church that was absolutely astounded that you could work for this particular. Yeah. And it was at a point when um, there was a lot of controversy around that particular yeah, agency. Yeah. Yeah. And they were how could andy work for this particular place and my response to that was i love the fact that andy is working for that particular place yeah because it's about us being different and i think one of the things i love about you andy is you are normal like what you were trying to articulate i don't want to be like my dad i want to do the opposite what you're trying to say is i don't want to be religious Hmm. and i think there's there's um, the christian faith that's not tied up with religiosity but lived out in the normal world is exactly what you are. Just normal, yeah. living out faith. And when you talk about principles, those principles that you're talking about, those ethics, it's the saltiness of us. It's, it's what makes us a bit different. And you can be salty and horrible. You are over salty. You know, oh, it tastes disgusting. Or you can be salty and like, oh, that, that actually enhances and brings out and something really beautiful there. And I would say that you are somebody that, that enhances and brings out the beauty being normal as a salty normal christian um you know for you what was it like working in a place that was seen as by many christians i wouldn't want to work there you shouldn't work there yeah you could describe as being like anti-christian really 
um you know um i mean firstly i loved it it was so much it was so much fun i I was and this is the thing that people just you know they don't they don't understand about what it's like kind of actually being there on the inside if you go to work and you go to an office and the five or six people that you directly work with are really good fun and a great laugh to be around and you come home and think I can't believe I've been genuinely some days I can't believe I've been paid to you know have a have good fun do the sort of the nature of the work that I want to do I mean that's that's like that's that's the dream isn't it um on your point about you know working there and <laughs> I, I I used to be I think probably a bit more belligerent than than I currently am or now now am and I remember someone coming up to me not a our church but a different one and saying oh i can't you know what why do you work there and i said oh because it surprises christians mainly <laughs> and i just thought that was like it was it was probably it was probably too belligerent and and, and too snarky of me but because they also just ended the conversation there but and i just couldn't be bothered with having the conversation at, at that particular point but it does surprise christians and I've always felt that there's there's something that you know my my cell group my small group at university was called in the world but not of the world mm. and comes from the, the the bible verse and that's really really stuck with me and you soon realize actually from you know from from my personal point of view and working in sport and that kind of thing it's you're you're going to be able to communicate with the people on the inside there you you can whisper on the inside or you can shout from the outside mm. shouting from the outside is what i see as people taking to social media and just you know throwing tweets out there which are so kind of inconse- inconsequential because it won't you know it doesn't change anything or you can go there and mm. and talk to people and try and get them to think about things in a slightly different way and there was definitely conflicts and there was definitely things i said no i'm not i'm not comfortable doing that kind of thing to perhaps to my career's detriment but i'm i'm fine i'm i'm, I'm at ease with that because you know you don't want to sell out you know your, your own principles like to that sort of degree where it will become detrimental not just for your career but probably for your life Hey, look at what, what what is the biblical principle here acts chapter one jesus says filled with the holy spirit you'll be my witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria the ends of the earth that list of places is a spiral going outwards so many christians want to stay in jerusalem and send tweets to the ends of the earth yeah. they'll tweet it that you know uh, and they do the same with the gay community uh, rather than engaging they throw in a tweet they throw in a hand grenade and then wonder why people just get upset with them yeah you know what what you are talking about here is actually living your life at the ends of the earth and actually taking this this faith that you have into a place where it looks faithless but you carry it in such a way that you're bringing about some difference somebody somewhere will start to notice the difference there and hopefully they do and if they don't i tried and (laughs) hey there's a sorry chris i just need to bring in some sport in context to it especially with the the idea of you know me saying i tried i've just finished reading arsene wenger's autobiography the old arsenal manager legendary arsenal manager and he's one of my favorite kind of people of, of all time and he grew up in a religious family he wouldn't say that he's that religious now but he kind of he, 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 he says in his book 
um, when I get to heaven, which is you know presumptuous, of, of course. When it gets to, when I get to heaven, I know that God will say to me, "What did you do?" And I'll say, "I tried to win football matches." And God will say, "Is that it?" And I'll say to him, "It's much harder than it looks." <laughs> and I love that. And I just kind of go, "Ah, oh, do you know what? I tried, or I try at least." What what do you do to help you just to keep your faith going that Monday to Saturday? Like what what do you do that just helps you keep that faith going uh, in the in, in let's call it the real world? Yeah, um, I you know going over the, like the constant kind of um, you know f- feelings and emotions that come with just knowing that you're like i said trying to do the right thing trying to you know make it a small impact on the world i probably won't make a big one and i'm at ease with that as well um and i also i don't i'm so much better now at not being hard on myself if i'm not living out this idea of a christian life and that you know it burdened me actually so like many many years ago quite early in my career because then you start going am i doing the right thing and asking yourself am i doing the right thing 10 times a day is really really not helpful and fortunately you know if you can free yourself from those shackles of of questioning like everything that you do on a daily basis um does become much more liberating i love you know my you know probably my two favorite like bible verses i've probably got loads but you know the two that i kind of remind myself of are um i came jesus came or i came to give life and life in all of its fullness and my and i always get the next one wrong my burden no my yoke is easy and my burden is light I always say my burden is easy, my yoke is light, which, uh, and I just love them. It's kind of, you know, I work in the media and quite pithy, small, almost slogans are like a stuff that I, like, or I deal with and, and have to do. Um, and it's kind of like, it, it says a lot in such few words, which is actually the point of, 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 of good writing um, or good speech. So reminding myself of that, you know trying to live as full a life as possible and and reminding yourself that actually the you know the burden of of following you know jesus is is supposed to be easy then which i know it's it's not and it, and it and it's not at times but reminding myself of of of, of that is um is probably how i get my you know you know keep myself going on a on a weekly basis this is amazing little story in, in, in Two Kings about a guy called Naaman who's um, got leprosy and he goes to the prophet Elijah to get healed and he ends up being healed and he's going to have to go back from where he's met Elijah to his home country where his king will force him to worship another god. Uh, so it says you go to this temple to this other god and he turns to Elijah and says, you know, what, what do I do? Like, I now believe in Yahweh. I'm going to have to go back and what you know, I'll, I'll help my king worship the god Ramon in this in this pagan place, mm. and I love it. Elisha just turns to him and says, uh, "Go in peace." Yeah, and I think some of us need to hear just God say to us, "Look, where you're going may look like somewhere that you shouldn't be, yeah. but I am saying to you, 
go in peace, go with yeah. my blessing. Because if the message doesn't make it to the temple at remote, uh, temple of God remote, it's, you know, through somebody, how is it going to get there? Yeah. You know, if you don't carry it there, nobody else is going to do it. So go, like go with my blessing. And I love the liberation of that. Go to, uh, you know, these places that, that if you were to go down a holiness code, well, that's definitely that's not the place <laughs> to be. That, that doesn't seem to be the message that Jesus sends in Acts yeah. 1. Go be my witnesses. Look, I want to use I, a spot I, in Sorry, a, Chris. I, what I love also about that, and it's exactly why you're a vicar and a theologian, because I go... I'm going to pick this, I'll pick a verse from, you know, John and something that Jesus says. And then the bang, the vicars and the theologians go, there's actually a great story in, uh, in two Kings, like Nehemiah and Elisha and stuff. You know. That's my gig. Your gig <laughs> is latent audience. That's fine. Look, I want to talk to you about spotting analogy. I'm not a sportsman. Everybody knows this. I, yeah. My greatest achievement was going for a run three days in a row before I collapsed. Um, <laughs> I don't do sport. I'm not sporty. A lot of guilt in my life. Um, but the, the wall, when mm. people are running a marathon, they hit a wall. I want to just unpack this. Um, I think it's helpful for where we are right now. I, yeah. Many of us are saying the same phrase. I'm stuck. I'm fed up. I'm down. I'm, I'm hitting rock bottom. I can't keep on going. I feel like I'm hitting something that I can't break through. That language is already within the sporting world. So just talk to us about the wall. You've run, what, three marathons? Just the two. Just, Just I'm sorry. Just the two. Maybe it should be three. (laughs) Talk to us about the wall. What is it? Uh, What does it feel like when you're running it? Yeah. Um, So we were talking before we recorded, you've done a sermon about this literally in recent weeks that I haven't heard. To my shame um uh, but also in a good in a good way because i you know I, I wrote something about this very very similarly earlier this week um and shared it and in this context of, of a third lockdown um and how it feels like you know we are going through um this wall stage um the wall is a, a marathon running phenomenon um, it's both physical or it's equally as physical as it is psychological though because you can train for a marathon and you get up to 20 21 22 miles and it will feel hard of course it will feel hard but then actually on the marathon day itself you reach this barrier around about the 20 to 21 mile mark where it, things just seem impossible um you have run so far that you are physically tired but then there's too long to go six miles or five miles that you can't really quite see the end despite you know and knowing that there is an end it feels too painful for you to carry on and you the adrenaline doesn't kick in and you can't like it feels like your legs are just dragging so much um because five or six miles to anyone is still a long way away um, even if you've done 20 miles. And so it feels like now in this period of a third lockdown, we've been locked down for, well, give or take, you know, I know lockdowns have, have been different lengths and stuff, but we're nine months into um, this period of our life. And so we're about the 75 to 80% mark, all being wealth, new life will spring in Easter, which is, I'm sure you've already written your uh, your Easter sermon, Chris. 
um, about that. Um, but we're about 75 to 80% of, of the possibly of the way there um, before things go back to some sort of semblance of normality, which is exactly the sort of period of time in a marathon race where we would be hitting the wall. And the way that you have to get through it when, you, when you're running marathons is take each step as it comes, which is, you know, sounds obvious, but it's also the period where you stop counting up the amount of miles that you do and you start counting down how, left you've, how much left you've got to go. And my theory, as I've, I've, as I've written, is that January will feel really painful because we can't quite see the end. It doesn't feel tangible. It doesn't feel like it's the last month before Easter. Mm. But when we get into February, we might start to find that we start counting down the days until Easter rather than counting up how long we've been in this current lockdown or how long we've been in this current situation of, of, of nine months. And the wall is the most painful bit because you're exhausted and you're mentally drained and you don't have that adrenaline. So what happens when you come out of the wall, and this happened you know, from my personal experience of, of literally running a marathon in 2016 in Berlin, um, I got through the 21 mile mark. Uh, I've stopped breaking through the wall because then you start counting it down five, four, three, two, one. You're, the adrenaline kicks in. You start counting it down. You start counting down the minutes that you should only have left rather than the hours that you've been running for. And the adrenaline starts kicking in because you feel the excitement and the emotion of, of things coming to an end. And we're not quite there yet, but I really hope and pray that next month, maybe when we head into February, um, then that's when we can start going up. We can start seeing the end and you start getting that kick of adrenaline and, you know, adrenaline is good for, a, a, you know, from a physicality point of view, because it does genuinely help you when you're running. But I think mentally um, and emotionally, it might be helpful for us to, well, I don't know what it would be, a mixture of dopamine and all the other, a means that there are that help your um help your mental state i heard i was listening to one podcast i don't know who said this um but they they said that the wall is the darkest moment of the race because mm. you're in shadow of this looming wall and i and i think you know we're in this january it's dark short days we can't go out for the walks we can't go and do the things we can't go for this you know i remember it in june we were going out for cycles, Isaac and I, we were cycling. Oh, we yeah. can't do that. It's just too wet. It's too cold. So we've not even got the little positive things that were good at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, the things that um, made that marathon interesting. We don't have that. It's like the scenery has suddenly become really bleak. Yeah. Like we don't have, I imagine doing a marathon in London. It's quite interesting because you can, you see the sites. Yeah. We don't have sites anymore. Yeah. We've got wilderness. We're, we're running through a, a wilderness. Yeah, and all we're seeing is is rock after rock after rock, and and yeah. that's what's making it so hard. I think for us is that we don't have that thing to look forward to. There's nothing to look forward to. Yeah, uh, and and so I, I found that interesting. The darkest moment was in the shadow of the wall. Yeah, uh, couldn't see anything through there. Um, when you, when you did your marathon, what was it? Was it just simply just that counting down that helped you get through it? What was the I'm going to keep going? What made you keep running? 
So in Berlin in 2016, there was these massage beds um, every kilometer from for the, the last like 10 kilometers of the race because they understand that people genuinely can't, some people genuinely can't carry on and that's, and that's fair enough. And I would run past the bays every kilometer and just go, not this one. No, not this one. Because if I stopped, then, then I probably just wouldn't, I, I would have continued. I would have probably walked or like jogged the rest of the time. But um, purely from a, a personal, not quite pride, uh, I am mm. proud of myself of what I achieved. But like I did the Berlin Marathon in 2010 and I thought that would be the last, first and last marathon I did. And in 2016, I did it again and I had a target time and I knew I was running to that target time and i just wanted to get there and i just wanted to finish it in that time unfortunately um i did but with those kind of four or five miles left it was little stimuluses of once you run past those like the massage beds mm. you're like well i'm not turning back i'm not going back to them and then you see the next one come along and you go no i don't know mm. I've, I've 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 lasted that last kilometer and for me at the moment, um, that's what like weeks feel like for me. Um, I'm like, okay, that's, that's one week done. Okay. Tick that off. Oh, this is another week done. And you know, tick that one off. And then you start to, well, now we're in mid January. And I started thinking about this, about this principle of, of kind of being in the wall, probably on January the 2nd before a third lockdown had even been announced, but we were, I think everyone knew it was kind of, you know, coming and now it's you know mid-January and I'm like oh great we're halfway through this month now that's amazing because you know it's not been great but mm. you know it could have been worse um and yeah that that is how that principle has kind of has helped me out but as I said when I when I, I posted this on Instagram the other day it's just a theory <laughs> and it's just basically sports psychology which is the most appropriate way that i can communicate anything to anyone but um it fits i, I, I think it I fits. Like, it fits i it like it fair. i like and it we're, gonna, we're running out of time so i just need to wrap up but i came across this other little quote recently i just thought it was really nice many people die sometime in their 50s because they are um, but they are not buried until their 80s because they hit a wall and gave up on life that's sad. There is a, I'm 31. There is a, there's a danger that we give up too soon. Yeah. And I think with faith, it's sad, but I would say I know of a good number of people who've hit a wall and given up on faith. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, you know, it, it, it's mega sad. James 1, let me read this to you as we finish. James 1 just says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for joy, consider it as an opportunity for something good, even when it, though it's crap. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perf uh, perfect and complete, needing nothing. I think I'm reflecting on, you know, James says here, you know, use the, the this, is, this is an enduring time. This is a difficult time. You're getting tested right now. Faith is getting tested. Your endurance is getting tested. Keep going because what you learn in this season is going to set you up for life. And I think... If we as Christians can hold on and find God in the wilderness in this season, then when we're out of it, we, we really know that God is real. Mm. I think for many of us, we were, we were training for a marathon we did not know we were going to have. 
yeah. we hit the marathon as a pandemic we weren't ready for it and then we've realized actually the training we were doing wasn't really training at all we were playing up running a marathon not actually getting ready for that marathon as christians we were playing at being christians not actually diving deep into what all that god has for us so i think you know james talks about endurance faith is being tested keep going let it grow um and that uh, through this process you'll become perfect complete and you'll need nothing i think that's the challenge keep going it's a learning time and our faith will grow mate thank you so much for today really appreciate it Thanks, you're a Vicar. star appreciate and, it and uh yeah well i'll catch up with you on sunday yeah yeah and i'll see you in human life at some point <laughs> you will